Where did I have my book? Good evening. Is there any... It's not supposed to have a speaker, huh? So... So anyway, you just hear me from... Without it, right? So this is just for the recording. Just a little bit. So, welcome to Madhavana. Welcome. Yeah, nice to be here also for me. It's very lush this time of year, huh? Very beautiful. And um, we gathered on the auspicious occasion of Valdiv Poonim, the 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 uh, Balram's appearance which incidentally happens to correspond with the day in which Prabhupada departed from Bombay on the Jaladuta to uh, the West and his mission. Auspicious day for the beginning of his, his journey. <clears throat> Recently in, uh, in Poland, I was surprised one evening to find that the devotees were celebrating the uh, whatever, 40th anniversary of my taking sannyas. So I sat through the whole thing and later confided in some of this, well, it wasn't the day that I took sannyas. They said they came from Braj Sundari. So we can blame her for that. <laughs> but uh, as a result, anyway, I um, related, I guess I related that to you, Padmanabh Maharaj, and then you did a little research and Gulal Chandra helped out and so, as it turns out, I took sannyas on the, in the uh, year of 1975 at the Krishna Balaram Temple, the year that the temple opened on the Rasapurnim of Balaram. So, um, I want to speak a little bit about that uh, tonight, which is a very interesting subject um, in terms of discussing the tattva of uh, Baldev. Hmm. Read a little bit to start. However, some poetry. Um, this is from the uh, first chapter of uh, the book I'm writing, which is uh, really about Sevaka Bhagavan, the tattva of Balaram, whom Prabhupada used to refer to as the Supreme Personality of Godhead Servitor, Krishna being the personality of Godhead served, who is served. Hmm. Feet soft like the lotus, long strong arms with hands that reach his knees, broad chest garlanded with gunja, dark hair raised and tied in a top knot, circled with a bounty of forest flowers. Balram's beauty knows no bounds, his complexion clear and white like reflective moonlight. Bhagavan of friendly frame of mind, he sometimes serves while at other times is concerned with how his younger brother behaves. Sages call him Baladev. Mighty, witty, wise, and well-dressed in midnight blue, Tilak made of musk-deer hue. His cheek kissed with a single earring, a lotus circled by bees decorates his ear. O Balaram of voice deep in tone, 
When will I hear your call to serve the sound of your buffalo horn? Shibaldev ki jai. One friend of mine who's uh, particularly taken by the service of Krishna, Balaram, reasoned um, that Krishna puts everybody into a trance by blowing his flute and knocks them out. And Balaram wakes them up with his horn to serve. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, again, this is... Uh, do we have a stand? Book stand? There we go. And Merlidar is not broadcasting the, the talk. Oh, you are? No. No. Not today. Um... So, Sevaka Bhagavan. Uh, this is a very peculiar title, and uh, it uh, doesn't really refer to any um, really any other manifestation outside of Gorlila, which is, of course, where Krishna and Balaram also appear in an extended sense. Um, any other manifestation of, of the Godhead who's preoccupied with with serving another form of the Godhead, in this case Krishna, the original form, and Balaram serving him in fraternal love. <clears throat> the, uh, the standard, and this is what I want to give, is the, what I mean by that is the uh, is the Vrindavan Goswami's um, picture of, of Balaram. And that is a picture, of course, that has been also um, projected in a condensed form, given all their literatures, which are extensive, in Krishna's Kabiras Goswami's work, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Very, very faithful to, to the Goswamis. And um, I refer to this, as I say, as the standard uh, understanding of the Tattva of Balaram. There are some other understandings that are out and about that don't uh, conform with that. And um, um, we'll touch perhaps on some of that um, as well and leave it objectively to listeners outside of our own Sangha <laughs> to decide. How to think about Baladev in light of such standard opinions and differing opinions. <clears throat> but the standard opinion is very, very strong and repeatedly, but repeated again and again and again in so many ways. <clears throat> um, basically, the appearance, if you will, the outside of the, the context of the Leela, of course, Balaram is the son of Rohini and Vasudev. Um, Rohini makes her way to Brudge in the night on a dark horse um, crossing the Jamuna uh, in the night to avoid the circumstances surrounding uh, Kamsa's uh, atrocities his disposition and so forth and um, 
as she arrives in Brudge, it's apparent that she's pregnant, and it happens to coincide with the time that um, Purnamasi also has appeared in the Brudge and announced to the residents that Nanda's wife, Shijasoda Devi, will have a son that for all intents and purposes, is that, that she's pregnant. And as you may know, the, this is the only anxiety in the Prakat Leela uh, at the time. At that point, uh, no demons have appeared and, and so forth, but the anxiety is that, is that the king and his queen of the cowherds um, are getting old, and they have not yet had a son who would be the heir to the throne who will be the prince and eventually the king of the future king of the cowherds um, so their anxiety is met with relief through the person the mystic person of Purnamasi Yogamaya herself who informs them that uh, that Yasoda is pregnant and as I say in comes uh, um, uh, Rohini bearing also the uh, uh, child, in this case, uh, Balaram, and he's born, as we know. I mean, we're celebrating what eight days prior to Krishna's birth, the Janmashtami, eight days ahead of Krishna. So he's the older brother by eight eight days. And uh, as uh, short of a period as that is, there is some Vatsali in its constitution, and Yashoda Mahi very much tends to identify with that and amplify that. We've talked about that in the past. That's a very beautiful um, feature of Balaram's friendship with Krishna that that here we refer to him as Daoji. It's not a Sanskrit uh, Term. It's a Hindi term, I believe. Daoji means older brother. Um, so at times, often outside of the brudge, but also in the brudge at times, and when he does, very charming, expresses himself as the um, the guardian of of Krishna. When he was born, it is explained by Jiva Goswami and um, his uh, Gopal Champu that for all intents and purposes, Balaram was... Uh, more or less appear deaf, dumb, lame, and blind. In other words, his senses, active and um, perceptive senses, knowledge-acquiring senses, were not functioning properly. But when Yasoda took him, the infant, on her lap and placed him virtually next to Krishna, who was still within her womb, and kicking, hmm, then he became animated. Hmm. And, of course, the idea being that, that he is living only for the service of Krishna, therefore, again, Sevaka Bhagavan. Hmm. He's completely preoccupied with the service of Krishna. Like no other avatar, no other expansion of the God, it is preoccupied with Krishna or any other Vishnu Tattva. Hmm. So it's a very peculiar um, and interesting uh, uh, 
Prakash, expansion of the Godhead. Technically, uh, in Rupa Goswami's terms, this is called Vaibhav Prakash. In Braj, there is Prabhav Prakash and Vaibhav Prakash of Krishna. The Prabhav Prakash, Prakash means manifestation, Prabhav Prakash means the well, first, um, is the type of expansion of Krishna in the Braj Leela, for example, when um, he feels it's required to expand himself into numerable or innumerable forms in the context of the Leela. From a Sakirati point of view, the famous example is during the cowherding uh, luncheon, especially it's brought out in the first picnic lunch that occurs at the Sesh Kumar, the end of his Kumar Leela, when they're still herding cow calves, and typically they would come home early, but this time they're staying out, and they've got their first picnic lunch, so it's a big, big, big deal. And, of course, Krishna, as I say, he expands himself to sit as if in front of each coward boy, looking directly at him. And he is sitting in front of each and every one. Just like in Madhurya Rasa, he expands himself in Prabhav Prakash also to be with every next to every gopi. Hmm? So this is an example of um, two examples of this type of expansion of Krishna. Expansion is different than avatar. Avatar means who crosses over from up to down, who enters into into the into the from the paravyom from the spiritual world into into this world. So, but within that paravyom, within the spiritual world, there is there is a variety. We know that in a very basic sense, in that there are a variety of paths to transcendence that afford, it would be well-reasoned to conclude, different uh, levels of penetration. Hmm? They're based on different practices, different aims, hmm? different desire, aspiration. So how can the result be the same, right? There's a saying about Italy that all roads lead to Rome. I imagine that there are many places in Rome that you could end up, right, um, by any number of, of roads. So it's a variegated place. It may be one place, but it's one and different at the same time. Hmm. Some people want to enter Brahma Sayuja. So they can. Hmm. Some people want to have uh, Shantaras with uh, the Paramatma. Hmm. In Vaikuntha, they can. Some people want to go to uh, the uh, uh, the Vilas, the Leelas of uh, the play of, of Vaikuntha with with Narayan. Some people want to enter the Braj Leela and so forth. Hmm. So, as we speak about that in a broad sense and acknowledge that, by this is a, of course a very practical insight of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. Well, there are different paths. And if you insist, as practitioners of those paths do, that our path is a genuine, authentic route to transcendence, hmm, then either everybody else is wrong about what transcendence is like, or there are different roads that lead to transcendence and afford different um, experiences therein. Right? So that's the, the broad sense. Um, and then we, we we accept that within our own tradition as well, right? So, the Prabhav Prakash for the Gopikas 
during Rasalila will be slightly different than Prabhupada Prakash for the Gopas during their luncheon or any other number of uh, similar uh, Sakiras uh, events, sleeping with Krishna, becoming his pillow hmm, during the day and so forth. Hmm. There are many instances. Uh, during the Kaliya Leela, we have the example also. Expanded for each and every coward boy, revived each one at the same time. So this is this is Prabhav Prakash. Hmm. The the person Krishna is expanding, and he has the same appearance, and correspondingly the same emotional content, emotional makeup. Hmm. But in the case of Balaram, we have what's called Vaibhav Prakash. Vaibhav Prakash means he's the same person, hmm. but and his form is the same, but as Krishna Das explains, he has a different color, hmm? different color complexion. Hmm? What does Krishna Das say? He, he, of course, he's following the lead of Lagu Bhagavatamrita. Lagu Bhagavatamrita is a book of Rupa Goswami, where he describes all the different types of avatars and expansions and so on and so forth. This is a kind of a thing that's repeated through the text in different ways. We, we, we find a version of this, for example, in Brahma Samhita, about which Mahaprabhu said what? Fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita. What did he say? He found it in South India, brought it back, said something about it. All the Siddhanta is here. What does he mean by that? All the Siddhanta is there. He means, Govindamadi Purusham Tamam Bajami. There's Durga. There's... Narayan, there's Ganesha, there's Shiva. Hmm? Um, but Govindam Adi Purusham Tamhamajami, this is the foundational point of Tattva or Siddhanta. Jiva Goswami refers to it as the, what does he say? Paribas Sutra, to put it in Bhagavatam terms, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. That's the whole of the Siddhanta, in a, in a sense, right? This is the key to understanding it all. This is the this is a, the foundational stone of our uh, Siddhanta, our our, our tattva in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. So you can see how in the book that's established, Govinda is the Adi Purusha, and he has this appears in this way partially in this way. This demigod represents him in this way. And this is uh, Ramadi. Uh, he has different avatars and so on and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, of course, Krishna Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami is all about that one line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Some people have argued, you make so much out of one line. And, of course, big, expensive, valuable things sometimes come in very small packages. Jiva Goswami re- replied to that argument once that, that the sutras of Vyasa are very short also, but they have big meaning. <laughs> what does he mean they have big meaning? Well, there's, there's this long Bhashya by Shankar, this long Bhashya by commentary by... Madhva, by Ramanuja, huge commentaries on these very distant. Hmm. Uh, Brahma Jignasu, and then pages and pages and pages. Right, so the implications are and ramifications are are huge. So he says, so it is with Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. So this is another a Goswami texts text. Um, Yuga Goswami Sandarbhas, of course, are divided in terms of explaining the the the, the sambanda 
Samanda, uh, Amideya, and Prayojan. So this is the last of the of his treatise amongst the six on um, the um, uh, Sambanda. Hmm? There's the Bhagavad Sandarbha, the Paramatma Sandarbha, and the Krishna Sandarbha. Hmm? So then he goes on to Abhideya Tattva with the Bhakti Sandarbha and Preeti Sandarbha, the Love Sandarbha, so the Prayojan Tattva, right? And Tattva Sandarbha is an introduction. But uh, here in Lagu Bhagavatamrita, then Rupa Goswami has written, uh, again, this point is being made in so many ways. Hmm? And um, all these terms, Vaibhava Prakash, uh, uh, Prabhava Prakash, uh, there are lots of them, and I don't even remember them all. Um, uh, they all are found in Lagu Bhagavatamrita, hmm? an important work. So, very faithful, as I mentioned earlier, Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami uh, presents Balaram Tattva in terms of Lagu Bhagavatamrita and invokes in this sense, Rupa Goswami's term, Bhaibhav Prakash. What does he say about the Bhaibhav Prakash? He says, Bhava Vesh, Bedinam, Bhaibhav Prakash. That the name is Bhaibhav Prakash and Bhava Vesh Bede. Bede means difference. This form, this this expression, expansion of the Lord, constitutes. It's the it's the same Bhagwan, but he has um, Bab Ovesh. He has uh, made a difference in in emotional content. And then he says, of course, that Barna Matur Bed Sub Krishna Saman. That the only difference between them two is their color, the color of their complexion. Krishna being sham or indigo, and and Balaram being um, what is it, uh, pondra, white, whitish, whitish. We should go into that. Like like the examples given, like the moon, like the um, crystal. Rupa Goswami uses the term crystal to describe his color in uh, in, in um, Radha Krishna Gonadesh Deepika. Both of these, moon and crystal, are uh, give off light in a reflective sense. Hmm? In other words, the moon is the reflective light of the sun. The crystal reflects whatever you put next to it. It comes if you put a red rose next to the crystal then it will appear red. Hmm? So this is rather, his complexion in this card is rather telling because he himself is really um, kind of uh, reflecting and representing uh, Krishna's power. Hmm? He draws light like the guru from Krishna and then shares it with us. Transparent, sometimes Prabhupada used to use the term transparent medium. So the light of Krishna comes through him. Hmm? Something like this. So he's absorbing through his seva disposition, emotional disposition to Krishna, something, and passing on. Um, 
So the interesting thing, of course, what is that? Well, you just said that their difference, they're different in emotional content. The Bible Prakash is different, and then you've just said that the only difference between the two is one is is, is the color of their complexion. What is the implication? The complexion and emotional content have some correspondence, right? Krishna is said to be sham in color, and sham is the color of romantic love. Hmm? So, um, different color complexion, different emotional content. And, and from our point of view, we have to emphasize both. We have to emphasize the oneness of Krishna and Balaram, their non-difference, and their difference. We have to emphasize the oneness to establish that he is actually uh, the personality of God himself, about which there's some confusion in the world of, uh, of, of those who um, uh, refer to the scriptures, different schools of Vedanta, and so on and so forth. Not only is he one with Krishna, but the Krishna avatar, if you will, who's the avatari, but appearing as an avatar, he is the source of avatars, but he appears as an avatar, and we're celebrating that, that that's what we call Janmastami in, in a few days, is really the Krishna Balaram avatar. They come together. Hmm. Jiva Goswami's written early on in the Bhagavatam, um, a commentary in the earlier chapters uh, prior to the appearance of Krishna, perhaps in the section describing Balaram's appearance, that Krishna cannot be happy without Balaram. And Balaram, of course, uh, this is even more so the case. I've made the point before that every different expansion or avatar of Krishna is, is rather emotionally complete in and of himself, other than the fact that he has a girlfriend. Fill him out, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, but Balaram, Balaram is incomplete, so to speak, emotionally unto himself. Even if he has a girlfriend, which is typically he rather doesn't or would prefer not to even. We'll have to get to that. Um, but in some cases, um, he does. Uh, at Krishna's insistence, he does. At Radharani's insistence, he, do insistence, he does. Hmm? In the context of the Brajlila and the Dwarkalila. Hmm? Um, but even then... He's not complete without Krishna. He's emotionally complete only in the context of serving um, Krishna. Mm -hmm. So, um, a very peculiar avatar. I've said before that there's this English saying that three's a crowd, but not when, when it's when it's when it's Balaram. Mm -hmm. He's there may be Lakshmi and Narayan. And Balaram is there as an antasage. I said earlier that in the Brajli, look, Balaram serves uh, primarily in the mood of Sakirasa, but his Sakirasa is bundled together with with Dasya and Batsali, which are n neither of which are compatible with one another, and neither of which are compatible with Sakya. Maybe, maybe Dasya, maybe. And, yeah, so, so 
in Braj, primarily he's expressing the Sakya, but we see as he goes out of the Braj, hmm, then he's, he, he, he takes more of a position of an advisor for Krishna, advising in a Kurukshetra war, um, and so forth. When he goes even further, as Anantasesh, for example, then his Dasya is very uh, prominent. Hmm. So, that's another thing, Sankulbhav, right? So, primary example of this, a combination of this is very very amazing, Rupa Goswami says, incompatible bhavas all in, in, in one person. Hmm. Experienced separately at different times. Sometimes the person will be defined by that bhava that is dominant in him. So he's defined by his sakirasa. He is really the desire of Krishna for friendship. Hmm. What is the reason? What is the cause? What is what? What does Balaram arise out of? I mean, we have only can use language. He, he has no beginning, of course, but but within Krishna is the desire for friendship. Hmm? So so there is so there is a Balaram. He doesn't preside over Sakyarasa. He presides over Hasirasa, which is, of course, in terms of Rasa, the best friend of Sakyarasa. Hmm? It's said that Upendra presides over Sakirasa. This is, of course, not a Gaudiya idea per se. These 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 determinations were not made by Gaudiyas, but taken by Rupa Goswami from already existing aesthetic sensibilities. Hmm? Upendra being Upendra means Vamana, hmm? who is the brother of Indra. So, some friendly sensibilities there. Um, of course, Upendra is also another name for Krishna. In the Govardhan Leela, he was given the name Govinda. Some Puranas have said Upendra. Hmm. It means the same. He was the Lord of Lord of Indra, even. Up Indra. Even. Indra is the chief. He's the chief of the chiefs. Hmm. Um, so, So the dominant emotion of Balaram in Braj, our main concern, is in in uh, in Sakirasa. But while he is constituted of these this combination of Babas, and while he presides over them in in Braj, there's two types of Rag Bhakti, Kamrupa and Samandarupa. Kamrupa refers to the love of the gopis, the romantic love for Krishna. Samandarupa refers to the other types of love, Vatsalya, Sakya, and Dasya. So Balaram is presiding over that, and he is a combination of those three as well, With again, with Sakyaras being predominant. <clears throat> and so there's one rasa, Madhurya rasa, that um, um, that a question arises around Balaram, hmm. and uh, especially in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, this, this this arises. It's very clear, however, from the writing of the Goswamis, that Balaram does also taste Madhurya Rasa, but what? This is a whole different affair from what we're talking about. We're talking about 
and this is the, the picture that the Goswamis want to emphasize. This is the, this is the, the particular frame of the movie of the Leela, the particular angle when it comes to Balaram that they want to uh, make center stage. Balaram as Sevaka Bhagavan, Balaram in his relationship with Krishna. Balaram in his relationship with Krishna, this is Dasya, Sakya, and Vatsalya, with Sakya being predominant. Hmm? He has Madhurya, but that is a separate thing. Where in what? What is the difference? What is the difference in Balaram's Madhurya and Balaram's Sakya? In Balaram's Sakya, he is the embodiment of Sakiras, the Ashraya Lambana. And who is the Vishaya Lambana? Who is the object of that love? Krishna. You understand me? You follow me? Balaram is the embodiment of Sakiras, friendly love, and Krishna is the object of love. Now when Balaram experiences Madhuryaras, then he becomes the object of love, the Vishaya Lambana, not the Ashraya Lambana. Hmm? You understand the difference? Now he's in his position as Sevaka Bhagavan, we're kind of getting, getting out of, out of that's coming out of focus. Hmm? Now he is the object of love for Madhurya Ras for some people, some devotees, hmm? some gopis, right? Not Krishna's gopis. So Balaram has his own gopis. Krishna has his own gopis. Hmm? But there's a big... Uh, shift here hmm? and and we see from the Goswami's writing that the emphasis on Balaram as they want to present it is on Balaram as the personification of Sakiras with Krishna as the object and also the fact that he also at times or to an extent I should say is also the object of love for Sakiras along with Krishna for his friends for their friends hmm? But while he is the object of love, along with Krishna, for their friends, he is at the same time, and this is more predominant, the example, ideal example of Sakyarasa for Krishna. It's complicated. Hmm? <laughs> Whereas, again, when we shift over to his Madhuryarasa position, then, then Krishna is not in the picture. Hmm? Comparatively, Krishna's out of the out of the picture. So this is a very big difference. Now, some people want to want to bridge that gap, but the Goswamis don't want to do that. <laughs> so, with regard to Krishna, Balaram's romantic life, this first comes up in the fifteenth chapter of the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, where uh, Krishna's Pogandalila begins. Krishna becomes a cowherder, and the chapter begins with the eulogy of Balaram on the part of Krishna. Krishna is glorifying him in so many ways, and he ends that eulogy by speaking about the good fortune, the, how extraordinary is Balaram, because the gopis are very um, desirous of having his contact, hmm? having his union. Now, this is the Pogandalila, beginning of the Pogandalila here, hmm? and Balaram hasn't had any contact with, with the gopis. So, of course, it's... The whole eulogy is in ha- Hasyarasa. It's spoken in, 
in, in humor. Krishna speaking about Balaram, hmm, and everything he's saying about Balaram really pertains also and more so to himself. Hmm? But like a gentleman, he's rather than glorifying himself, he's glorifying Balaram amongst a group of, of friends. Hmm? He's also showing the importance of Balaram to us and to, to all of his friends and how much he takes pleasure in hearing Balaram glorified. Hmm? This is very relishable for Krishna. Hmm? What to speak of speaking about him inaccurately or uh, in disparaging ways like from our perspective some some, some might do. Hmm? So, we see the same caution on the part of Krishna, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to ensure amongst his devotees that Nityananda's position is well understood and and uh, that by serving him that, he, he, that Mahaprabhu himself is purchased and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, what uh, Krishna, of course, is more referring to with that last verse in his eulogy is his own romantic life that's percolating in him, um, uh, and 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 at the end of that chapter comes out in the form of Purvarag, the form of early form of separation in Madhurya Rasa, where Krishna exchanges glances with the gopis, but they can't say what they want to say to one another. There's a union in which, so to speak, there's there's separation. So it's kind of a foreshadowing of what's to come. And truth is said in jest. So there's some truth to it, what's said about Balaram as well. So he does have his own gopis, and they are, or they will be, it's kind of a predictive verse, desirous of having his association. But this is the early first part of the Bhagavatam where any connection of Balaram with Madhurya Rasa is brought up. Next it comes, of course, after the Poganda Leela and the Kishore Leela, Krishna's had the Rasa Leela and in effect consummated his relationship with the gopis hmm? behind closed doors or you know, in, in the depths of the forest unbeknownst to, to the public. Um, but uh, um, as yet, still, Balaram has not. Hmm? Balaram has not shown to be involved in any romantic affairs. Krishna is not shown directly to be involved in any romantic affairs either. And Balaram is more overtly acquainted with that side of Krishna. Yes, I mean, he does sneak off in the night, and Balaram is resting. He does depart at midday under some excuse. Balaram has the omniscience to know but it's not that his omniscience is predominant hmm? and overriding his bhava hmm? as a friend. When Krishna goes at midday with with his Priyanarmasakas to meet with the gopis, Balaram is left with the balance of the cowherds and they have themselves a time, right? And they and then they start, uh, the absence of Krishna starts to bear down on them, of course, and then he returns. Hmm? We can't say that Balaram doesn't know, but we can't say he's not preoccupied with that and the intricacies of that and so forth. And of course, he's mum about it, whatever he does know. Hmm? He allows it to go on, so to speak, by not participating, by not being aware of it. Because if he's aware of it and, and present, then it can't go on. Hmm? If it has to be hidden from elders, then the Vatsalian Balaram has to be hidden from him, too. Hmm? Unlike Yashoda, Nanda, of course, he's God. So, he knows, but 
we're more concerned with his not knowing. Hmm? That aspect is more prominent, right, in Brudge. So it's done at night. It's done in midday, and he's not present there. Right? Hmm? So Balaram's not having a romantic life, and Krishna secretly is having a romantic life. But from Balaram's point of view, it appears that Krishna's not interested in marriage. And the parents are all talking about who's going to marry who. Hmm? I think this one would be good with that one. And, and, and that becomes their preoccupation and their plan and the, the family and the grandchildren and so on and so forth. And to many of Krishna's friends, we're not privy to his romanticism and so forth, and to Balaram, he appears disinterested in marriage. And for that reason, Balaram's disinterested in marriage. Hmm? Krishna's disinterested in marriage, too, <laughs> for reasons of parakya, for the sake of having parakya. But Balaram's disinterest is is for a different reason. Krishna's not interested, I'm not interested. That is his thinking. Hmm? But later on now, after the Rasalila comes, I think, the 34th chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, we find a brief uh, narrative of the annual holy festival. Now that that's called the Festival of Colors these days in the world and celebrated. It's uh, tied to various Puranic legends, um, one of which I think is the, the, perhaps the, something to do with uh, Hiranyakasipu's sister and her involvement in, in, um, in uh, trying to poison Prahlad, something like that. Uh, that's anyway. There are any number of Puranic accounts, and so the Brudge people are celebrating the religious history of the world, and and uh, and uh, holy festival. And uh, it's uh, uh, this is a, a treated very uh, somewhat briefly in the Bhagavatam. It's given much more attention by Kavi Karnapur in his um, Champu and the Vrindavan Champu. <clears throat> he gets two different chapters on that. In fact, um, but this is the chapter, 34th chapter of the 10th canto, that Balaram's romantic life now comes up in a more tangible sense. Hmm? When the great and venerable Vrindavan Das Thakur um, opens his Chaitanya Bhagwat. He, of course, is a devotee of Nityananda Ram. Hmm? And um, Nityananda Ram, he says, is the, was the Antiram, the indwelling Lord of my heart, who told me to write this book. So I'm, I'm doing so. Hmm? He's a Sakiras Bhakta. So he opens his book with a, with a brief glorification of devotees and then an extensive glorification of Balaram. In the context of doing that, he emphasizes the fact that Balaram has romantic life. He calls it Rasa Kredo or Rasa, Rasa Lila. He has his own Rasa Lila. Some people say he doesn't. But he does. And he, he, he and in doing that, he refers to this chapter and then the next chapter, 
in which, in the, at least in the Brudge, Ram's romantic life comes up, which is the 65th chapter. Hmm? The chapter in which Balaram returns with a message for the gopis hmm? and the inhabitants of Brudge. So he kind of conflates the two hmm? and speaks about the re, 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 romantic uh, episodes of Balaram with uh, certain gopis hmm? and calls it a Rasalila of Balaram. What he's really doing there is not emphasizing that as an ideal. Hmm? After all, Balaram's quote-unquote Rasalila is not one like Krishna's Rasalila in which sadhakas are mentioned in the Bhagavatam as having access to, as being an entry point for them. Hmm? This is a springtime type of Rasalila. Krishna has Rasalila in springtime. And it, it said, this is not an entry point for sadhakas, like the October harvest, moon, sarat season, famous centerpiece Rasalila, Raspanchajai, five chapters, the centerpiece of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? This is, this is an, uh, this, as it plays out in the Prakat Lila, an entry point, right? Hmm? For, for devotees um, coming from Dandakaranya, the, the, the forest, the, the Upanishads personified in groups, some individually, and so forth. Hmm? They get entrance. They are the ones who are checked by their circumstances that couldn't enter. And then the separation at that moment so intensifies that they develop the uh, uh, intensification of their stayibhav to the point that they are then capable of participating. It's a death to everything short of that. Mm-hmm. The power of separation, even in which the Prakat Leela is, as we often said, is, is predominated by. Mm-hmm. So the, anyway, the reason that uh, Rindabhan Das Thakur is bringing this up and emphasizing it to the extent he is, is because if you study carefully, he wants to say that, that Balaram who Nityananda is not different from, is the personality of God at himself. Krishna has a Rasalila. Hmm? Balaram has a Rasalila. Sages and scriptures say, you should not have a Rasalila. Hmm? For young, young men and women to mingle unrestrictedly and, uh, and so forth, it's not something that the sages recommend. They say, it's an impediment to spiritual progress. Hmm? This is what Krishna Das uh, is saying. Hmm? But for Balaram, for Krishna it's not a problem, and Balaram's doing it too, and it's not a problem for him, therefore he must be the personality of God. Hmm? He's not emphasizing this as a possibility. Oh, I'd like to become a gopi of Balaram. He's got a Rasalila. Hmm? These ideas are not well thought out. They're not based on an understanding of what's actually happening to you hmm? through Guru Parampara. Hmm? And if you bring that up to your guru, he should correct you on that. These gopikas who are, have romantic relationship with Krishna, they come from the, from the Naga sector. They're nitisiddhas. Hmm? In the Prakatlita, they come like this. Uh, it looks like they're just beginning, but this is not an entry point. And who are they? Who are they? If you want to follow that bhav, you have to follow somebody in the, in, who has that bhav. 
We, how can you follow an unnamed, unknown persons? That's Raganuga Bhakti, right? You follow the ideal of a particular devotee. So if you want to follow the ideal of one of Balaram's gopis, which one are you going to follow? <laughs> Who is she? What does she do except the very brief descriptions given in the Bhagavatam? And they're brief to the holy Leela. Hmm? We go first, right? 34th chapter. And this is a, again, using Vrindamadas' term, a Rasa Leela of Balaram. Well, yeah, but it's quite different than Krishna's Rasa Leela. What is one of the main differences? Well, one of the main differences is that, is that everybody knows about it. It's a pretty big difference. Hmm? Right? It's holy. It's a celebration. It, it's celebrated in the day or in the evening. So these girls are out, Krishna's out in the evening to celebrate holy, and it's not some moonlight out the back window hmm, sneaking through the forest to meet a fair. Hmm. In fact, indeed, I should say, not only are the gopis there and Krishna and Balaram, but Krishna and Balaram's friends are also present fully. Hmm. And what are they doing? They're attacking the gopis with color bombs and <laughs> flower bombs that explode into, now it's not like chemicals or something like that, but actually from herbs and flowers and exploding and creating a like a dust and so forth. Krishna's going out to celebrate at night, hmm, in the early evening, holy festival. He wants to go to this special garden, just uh, uh, overflowing with... Uh, with Malati, with ja- with uh, was it jasmine, jasmine flowers, beautiful scent, and so forth, and they're singing and uh, dancing the gopas, and they're hearing some singing and some dancing. And the direction of the grove that they're going, in fact, what's this? And Madhumangal says, "I'll find out." So he goes out ahead to scout, and he says, "Is that us? Is that our echo?" Or is that actually somebody else out there? Krishna hmm? says, well, go check it out, <laughs> of course. So he goes, and there the gopis are having their own. Girls are out there celebrating at night, and they're at the jasmine mandap, and they're picking the flowers, and, of course, Madhu Mongol's outraged. Our king, our prince, our leader, who owns this whole area is coming here, hmm? and you're stealing the flowers on this religious day it's one thing to be a thief but another thing on a religious day hmm? a religious holiday hmm? can't you can you check yourself at all hmm? Hmm? and uh, of course they're in the midst of beautiful uh, musical uh, uh, recitals and uh, different gopis singing and playing different instruments and so forth uh, it's quite uh, described very beautifully by uh, uh, um, Kavikarnapur. And and one thing leads to another and they pound Madhumangal with flower balls and colors and and uh, the whole area is, you know, he's surrounded by by them, by dust, and they tie him up hmm, with uh, vines and so he has to scream out for Krishna's help who comes to to his rescue and accuses the gopis of of treating this Brahmin improperly and so forth and brings about his release and so and then and then 
the fight begins between the gopis and the cowherds. This is quite different, as I say, than the Rasalila. It's quite kind of youthful playfulness, right? Mm-hmm. At some point in the Leela, Mata Mangal overhears the gopis' plan to steal Krishna's flute. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hear the details of their plan, but he gets wind of it, so he goes to Krishna and says, you know, I think that you should give me your, your flute, uh, and I should hold it and keep it secure, because I think these, these uh, crooked-minded girls, you know, they're already thieves. The way I caught them stealing flowers on a religious day, I mean, they have no scruples whatsoever. They may try to steal your flute, mm-hmm. which is which is dear to you and dear to all of us to hear the sound of that and so forth. So he takes it with Krishna's permission, puts it on. Krishna doubts him at first. I, I don't know if you're going to, you know, are you going to be able to secure that? I'll show you my powers it's as, as a Brahmin. No, no one can take this from me and so forth. And so, of course, it goes on like this. And, um, and um, and um, Krishna begins to sing beautifully, hmm. and, and trees begin to melt, sap begins to pour from them, and uh, the whole, the natural world begins to respond, and so forth, and everyone is, is, is amazed, and then Madhumangal seems to start, and Subal begin to praise Krishna's singing, which the gopis are very attracted to and, and com- compelled by, but overtly dismiss and uh, posit that they themselves Lita would be a better better singer and so a gambling match is, is set up and the um, and uh, uh, the winner will get the flute hmm. it's a suggestion of, of, of Lita Saki for example to which Subal says what do you think uh, it, uh, this flute is just a piece of glass and uh, and uh, in, in, in trade, either, gonna, either we're going to win, win Lalita and get her, and, or you're going to get the flute. There's no comparison between the two. Hmm. It's, it's not. Uh, so anyway, so they back and forth and whatnot. And finally, Lalita sings beautifully, and anyway, the, bi- the biased uh, uh, Mongol gives his own verdict that we won, we won. Raises his hands. We won. We won. And of course, the flute falls out <laughs> from underneath his arm, unbeknownst to him. And the gopis pick it up and pass it behind the back from one to the other. And Krishna's going, looking for the flute now, and uh, and uh, checking them out rather thoroughly. And uh, and they keep passing it from one to the other. Of course, it ends up in Radha's Radha's hands, and uh, and they have some. Some union, and then, of course, another very different event occurs in the midst of this so-called Rasalila, if you will. What is that? Shankachuda appears, a demon, very lusty fellow, as it would be, and um, he begins to harass the the gopis, and they cry out, and uh, Balaram and Krishna go to save them so some Aishvarya is manifest a demon is slain this is not like Krishna's Rasalila right mm-hmm. very different um, and he's slain and he had a valuable like a shaman type of jewel on his turban so Krishna takes the jewel he wants to give it to Radha but that may cause some 
feelings from different gopis, so he gives it to Balaram. Balaram, of course, takes it and gives it to Madhu Mangal. Madhu Mangal takes it and gives it to the to the um, Manjari of Radhika, hmm? like Tulsi Manjari. Raghunathas Goswami sings in Vilap Manjali, He prays like this. Hmm? Hidden in the language there is this idea. Hmm? He's decorating her with this jewel necklace and this jewel in the center. This jewel is like Krishna has the Kastuba Mani. In one sense, represents her, and he she has the Shamantaka in this case, that type of jewel representing him as a locket. Hmm? And Raghunath Das, uh, in his Manjari form, wants to put that on her. Hmm? And if you study that carefully, then you're transported to this holy Leela and how it all happened. Hmm? Balaram gave it to the Manja, Manjari, Tulsi Manjari gave it to Radha, uh, and so forth. So, Krishna, the, in this Leela, at any rate, it's apparent that Krishna has some gopis and and Balaram has some gopis. Hmm? But it's nothing like the like the Rasalila that took place hmm? chapters earlier. But this is the this is the second place, the first place again being Krishna's mentioned humorously in the fifteenth chapter, the tenth canto of Balaram's romantic life. Now it comes out in this thirty fourth chapter a little bit more overtly, right? We know what that he, he it, it appears that some gopis are attracted to Balaram. Hmm? We wouldn't necessarily know that from the Bhagavatam itself. That means to say we wouldn't know that those gopis were not attracted to Krishna. They were attracted to Balaram, but they were his gopis. Hmm? But this fact comes out in the next chapter of the Bhagavatam where the romantic life of Balaram is mentioned. And that again, as I said, is the 65th chapter. Hmm? At least with regard to the Brajlila. In between that, in Dwarka, we should mention, that Balaram marries Revati, right? He marries Revati. This is an uh, this is an arrangement by Krishna. Krishna desired that Balaram marry Revati, and Krishna personally presided over the marriage and performed it. Hmm? And Balaram went along with it because Krishna wanted it. Again, this is just some indication of the, the extent to which Balaram is rom- interested compared to Krishna in romanticism. Hmm? Not too much. Hmm? But in the 65th chapter then, what happens? In the 65th chapter, Balaram is sent by Krishna to Braj to bring a message to the Brajbasis and the gopis uh, in particular. Hmm? This is now some time that Krishna has been away. He sent Uddhava to represent him earlier, but Uddhava is not from the Braj. Hmm? He did not understand the Braj Leela. He was sent there ostensibly to bring a message to them, but if we look carefully at the text, we realize he was actually sent there to learn, learn about the nature of Braj Prem which he was unacquainted with. He says, Shrutibir Bimbrigyam. This is off the map of the of the sacred texts, what's going on here. And of course, he, as we often say, was um, 
Shastravit, you know, he knew all the scriptures. He was fully acquainted with the, with the scripture. He was Krishna's advisor in Dwarka, very learned. But what he saw there, the measure of that love, the, the nature of it, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't locate it on the map. The Goswamis have been able to locate it on the map. They are people from Braj. They could locate it in their sadhaka dehas, hmm? in Gorlila. Hmm? They did a good job, we should say. But Uddhava was sent there to learn. So, you know, when, when he's sent there actually to learn, how much can he really um, commune with them and give them the kind of assurance that they're looking for, that, that, that Krishna still, in the case of the gopis, loves them, that Krishna, in the case of his friends, he still thinks about them, his parents, hmm? that, that, he, that he cares about them cows and so forth so how can how can he adequately convey that he couldn't he couldn't pacify them but balaram is a much better choice he is a brajbasi remember he came with rohini on the black mare he's born in the brudge raised by jashoda he was chanting Rohini Nandan, but Balaram says, when he returns, he returns, Krishna told him, change your dress. So when he got close to Mathura, he took off his princely attire, put on a rustic cowherd dress, and then he comes. And when he met with Dasoda and Nanda, assuring them of their love, what did he say? Dasoda, he said, if you are here and Rohini is not, what does it matter? Hmm? And if Rohini's here and you're not, what does it matter? <laughs> in another sense, he's just showed an undone also in his own mind, hmm? right? Even even Rohini is there with him in the brudge. So he's such a qualified person. Who could be more qualified to represent Krishna and 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 assure the brudgebasis? Of Krishna's feelings for them, hmm? when he shares entirely their feelings, and he's been with him in Dwarka, so Krishna advises him to go. Krishna wants to go, but he cannot get the permission of Vasudeva and Devaki. Balaram tries to get their permission for Krishna to go as well, but they they won't release him. Their love will not allow him to go. Hmm? Um, but they're willing to let Balaram go as a compromise. So Krishna agrees. And as Balaram is mounting the chariot and about to take off, he says, and by the way, you should marry those gopis from the holy. They had a crush on you. Hmm? Right? So the seed was sown at that time in their hearts of love for Balaram in in, 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 in a romantic sense. Hmm? But it had never been, been watered. Hmm? Balaram returned. He met with the gopas. He met with the elders. He pacified them as best he could. He couldn't go cowherding. Every day, about to go, he couldn't go without, without Krishna. So it's it's apparent that even there, Balaram feels incomplete without Krishna. But he's carrying also the burden of everyone else's separation and to the best of his ability assuring them of Krishna's love for him 
you might think, of course, Krishna loves them, but you have to consider the fact that he's been gone for a long time. Hmm? And it's one thing with parents. You kind of think, well, I guess he loves us. You know, I mean, we're his parents, you know. It's one thing with friends. They were close in, 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 in friendship and, and so forth. But as far as gopis go, who he met secretly, and very few people know about it even, and it's just a youthful flirtation. Hmm? I saw you naked in the Jamuna. Ha ha. Now we're married. Hmm? In the Gopi Buster Haran Leela. Uh, and so forth. I mean, now this flirt has been in Mathura. He killed Kamsa. He's gone to Dwarka. Demigods have rained down with gifts and made this palatial city surrounded by waters safe and protected and opulent. He's got 16,108 wives. He's the prince of the world. Hmm? He's, uh, you know, riding on an elephant. Hmm? And they have good reason to think maybe he's not thinking of us. You understand? They really have really strong reason to doubt that he even thinks of them at all. And meanwhile, they cannot stop, stop him thinking about him for a moment. And Balaram meets with them and assures them of Krishna's love for them. Now this, we have to understand, again, is the chapter where, where Balaram's romanticism with, the go, with his gopis again comes up. But what's the real chapter really about? That's a different thing. What it's really about is Balaram coming back, representing Krishna, assuring the Brajabhasis that he will return, and the gopis' plight and necessity in this regard exceeds that of others, we can argue. Hmm? And so Balaram is very uh, affectionately, but with reverence for the gopis' Mahabhav, who in turn have reverence for him in the language of the Bhagavatam that Sukadev uses, it's very clear that the gopis that he's ministering to, that Krishna sent him to minister to, are different from the gopis that Krishna said, and you should marry those gopis in holy. They've had a crush on you. They've been waiting all this time. So he's, the main section of this chapter is Krishna, is Balaram speaking to the gopis, a number of, number of verses, Right? conveying Krishna's message, his love for them, assuring them that Krishna will return. And they actually become convinced through Balaram that Krishna will return. So they get they get something from it. It's said that Balaram so well represented Krishna that his complexion turned from, from uh, light to dark. Hmm? But he's there like in a guru context, representationally. Hmm? Not having any uh, amorous uh, relationship with them, but representing Krishna and giving them some assurance of Krishna's return. And after they get that assurance, after they're actually convinced Krishna will return, and he does very shortly thereafter, hmm? while Balaram is there for a couple of months, there's about six or seven demons left to be killed before it's over. And Krishna's done the Dharma which is what he left for, right? Hmm? 
at least one of the reasons. While he's there, he kills off like four or five of them, maybe six of them. There's only like a two left. And the last of them is who? Salva? Is it? Not Yusupal. I think Salva. And he's in the area of Matura, so he has to go to the Matura and kill him, and then he will return. So he's actually coming back. They get some assurance. And then the gopis, led by Radharani, Krishna's gopis, Krishna's gopis, led by Radha, make the plea. Hmm? This is the compassionate nature of Radha, right? Oh, we're okay. We're satisfied with, with your explanation and your presentation, your, your feeling, uh, your, your understanding of Krishna's feelings for us, that he's going to return. We're getting something from that. But there's one other thing we want, and that is there are some gopis here who have a crush on you for a long time, hmm? and they, they're just withering away. Hmm? So we think that you should do the right thing and marry them. So this is Radharani's request. So Krishna had requested him, right? He said, yeah, well, okay, I'll think about that. Hmm? I'm there for another reason. I'm going there for another reason. Now Radharani is requesting. He understands her. He feels her heart. He says, yes, yes, I, I should, but I have to get, I think I should get permission from the elders first. So still he's postponing, still postponing. Hmm? This is not his inclination. That's the point, right? <laughs> and then it's presented to Nanda Maharaj and Nanda Maharaj says, yes, yes, you should. So he says, all right, so, all right, I, I, I'll do. Then how does he do it? Hmm? Well, then the Rasa Leela of Balaram is performed. This is more commonly thought as the Rasa Leela of, of Balaram than the, the Holy Leela, right? He's alone with the gopis at Ramgat. It's, of course, it's different from the Rasa Stali where Krishna had his Rasa Leela with the gopis. Hmm? So it's a different place, argument for different, different gopis. Hmm? And the Bhagavatam has four verses describing it. Two of which, Bhakti Siddhanta reasons, are not present in all manuscripts because Sridhar Swami, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Vishwana Chakravitakur didn't comment on them while two Acharyas from the Madhva Sampradaya did. So he reasons pretty well that it's possible that two of these four slokas describing Balarama's Rasalila are not in all manuscripts. So you either have two or four verses describing Balaram's Rasalila hmm? compared to five chapters that are extensive and make are the centerfold or the centerpiece of the whole Bhagavatam, the Raspanchajai, Krishna's Rasalila. So just to put it in perspective, right? Hmm? And um, so it's somewhere like north of the great banyan tree along the banks of the Jamuna. Balaram gets intoxicated. He also shows some Aishvarya in this context by chastising the Jamuna in his intoxication. Kind of Aishvarya you're not going to find in Krishna's Rasalila. Hmm? Given these kind of facts, if you will, 
Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur reasons that the relationship of Balaram with his gopis is one of mariyada rather than with than the rag. Hmm? Whereas, we will add, Balaram's relationship with Krishna in Sakyarasa is ragmarg. Hmm? You understand? So this is a secondary affair, is my point. Right? It's not the main affair in Balaram's life. It's part of the Leela. And there's an aspect of him that certainly tenders to those gopis' love and so But it's not the 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 full face of Balaram that it, that the that the lens of the Goswami's uh, writings is focused on, and which is the focus that we should have hmm? the standard focus of who is Balaram. Now that said, of course, there's another point that could be raised, and that is that it's well known that Balaram has a Shakti manifestation known as an Angamanjari in Braj. Right? You've all heard that before, right? <laughs> it's well known. Hmm? Well, uh, it's well known. That's true. <laughs> but there's no Goswami that ever, uh, amongst the six Goswamis that ever said anything about that. There is an Angamanjari, an Anangamanjari, and she is the younger sister of Radharani. And the first place we find out about that is in the Radha Krishna Ganadesh Deepika of Rupa Goswami, where he describes different players in the Brajlila, their relationships with one another, this gopi, who's her parents, who's her husband. This 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 Saka, who's his husband? Who's the uncle? Who's the aunt? Obviously, he doesn't cover everything and everyone, but it's a very nice and fairly comprehensive introduction to prominent players in the Brajlila. Very worth being acquainted with, right? Hmm? And so, amongst them, Anangamanjari is mentioned, not as a Manjari. Hmm? Manjari is just like part of her name, hmm? but as a gopi who, in comparison to the manjaris, has direct union with Krishna at times, which characterizes, the absence of which is what characterizes manjari bhav, as presented by the Goswamis. The Goswamis' presentation is, this is the speciality of the manjari bhav, that they have no interest in direct union with Krishna. Why? Because the math of it is, they're getting more from their service to Radha, because no one can satisfy Krishna more than Radha, and by assisting Radha in her union with Krishna, they get some semblance or some measure of that, which exceeds in ecstasy and intimacy what they could have gotten by having direct union with him. Hmm? And they have very, very strong fidelity to Radha. Hmm? A kind of a dasya for Radha that, that, that is... That is, that is part of the, the a component of their Madhurya for Krishna. Radha and Krishna and their union is their, their ideal, bringing them together. Hmm? This characterizes them. There are other gopis who are friends of Radha hmm? and assistants of her friends and so forth who are also interested in that, but they do have romantic union with, with Krishna at times. But the, the, the Manjari Bhav in Gaudiya Vaishnavism 
is characterized by this. Even if Radha says to Rupa Manjari, you should have union with Krishna. He wants you, you should go. She won't. She's being tested, so to speak. And Radha's very pleased with her reaction. And Krishna's very pleased with her reaction, too. Her fidelity to Radha. So this is a, a very central point to the Manjari Bhav of Gautya Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. And in the description of Ananga Manjari in Radha Krishna Ganadeshtipika, she is a type of gopi, as described there, that has union with Krishna. Mm-hmm. And it would be a very good place for Rupa Goswami to explain that, and she's actually a Shakti expansion of Balaram, but he says nothing at all about that whatsoever. So you won't get that from there. You won't get that from Rupa Goswami. The next place we find that is in Raghunath, mention of Ananga Manjari, is in Raghunath Das Goswami's Mukta Charit. Mukta Charit is a Lila Granta of Raghunath Das Goswami, the pearl story. Hmm? Pearl pearl trees and the, the, the negotiation between the gopis and, and uh, cowherds and, and, and Krishna over the pearls and so forth. It's very beautiful. And in the context of that, Leela narrative, Ananga Manjari is mentioned as being shy, gopi, put, who Krishna goes after, and she's put behind the back of Lita Saki or Vishaka and, uh, and so forth. And that, that just in passing. Nothing to do with Balaram, nothing to do with being a Shakti of Balaram, which, as we start to think about it, is a really kind of peculiar idea, an idea that there's a Shakti Tattva of Balaram, who's, who's God, who has no relationship with him, but has a romantic relationship with Krishna. This is how it's often uh, talked about. That's rather peculiar. But anyway, Balaram's peculiar, so we could say, I guess. But if we want to look to what the Goswamis say, there's no mention of this whatsoever. Moving along, <laughs> uh, uh, we find... Um, um, in a book by Kabi Karnapur, which is the late 16th century, about 1575, 76, 1576, Gorogonadesh Deepika, famous book, where Kabi is describing devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu in, 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 in Gaur Nityananda Leela and who they are, or what bhavas in Braj they correspond with. And he says, and Ananga Manjari, the younger sister of Radhi, doesn't say that, but let's assume, right, because Rupa Goswami has said so, appeared in Gorlila as Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Okay. Then he says, <laughs> surprise, surprise, then he says, uh, going forward, he says, however, there are some others who say that she is... has appeared in Gorlila as Janava Mata, hmm? the consort of Nityananda Prabhu. And his other wife, Basuda, is as well. And Kavikarnapur says, Yeah, they're all right. They're 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 correct too. Hmm. He's kind of open minded. Hmm? So the question is, who are those people? <laughs> who have that opinion. Hmm? Well, there's another book. Hmm? 
that came out called Anangamanjari Samputika. And it's written by Ramchandra Goswami, hmm? Ramai Thakur, sometimes uh, referred to, who is an adopted son of Janava hmm? and a disciple of Janava. And this book is written probably before Chaitanya Charitamrita, but its conclusions are nowhere to be found in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which again is the, re the condensed and very authoritative and faithful representation of Gaudiya Vaishnav Siddhanta and Bhava hmm, of the Goswamis. Hmm. So there are, there are certain ideas that were out and about about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so, so, so on and so forth that are not included in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And the fact that he doesn't include them is his way of saying uh, these are outside of what is the orthodox Goswami position on, on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which has come to be the, well, orthodox Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Dvanta Harani. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitag would like to think of himself in that way. If it's different from what Rupa Goswami says, then I can't, I can't agree with it. Hmm? So, that, what, what, the, uh, the, the disappearance of Nityananda Prabhu, hmm, who's Balaram, of course, it's very clear from Chaitanya Charitamrita, who's, who Nityananda Prabhu is. Sankarsana Karnato Yashayi, Garbhoda Shayi, Chapayubdi Shayi, Shayi, Shayi Shasya Yashyamsa Kalas, Nityananda Kirama, Sharanamamastu. I mean, a very lengthy chapter with five original verses of his, personal confession of his and so forth all describing the ontological position the tattva of Balaram there is absolutely no mention whatsoever of his Madhurya aspect what to speak of him having any Madhurya in relation to Krishna or to Gore hmm? no such thing so with the disappearance of Nityananda Prabhu hmm, came the Goswami's literatures to Bengal gradually and that whole Goswami very refined theological conception that really shined a light on Madhurya Rasa and Parakya in no uncertain terms this is the core of what Mahaprabhu is about right Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad so um, meanwhile Nityananda people had a very strong lineage of Sakirasa so, in my opinion, unfortunately, what we find in that period historically is suddenly some interesting books start to pop up hmm, that starts bringing, for example, a, a Dwadasa Gopal, and one of the 12 Gopals who appeared in Gaurilila and was an associate of Nityananda Prabhu and his initiating disciples and had Sakirash lineage, suddenly... He also has a Manjari Swarup. Hmm? Um, books like the, these hagiographies—they're very, very basically—they're political books. I don't mean that necessarily in a pejorative sense, but they, that means they have a policy that they are promoting. So Chaitanya Charitamrita is promoting a particular policy. It's not talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu objectively in some attached way. It's with feeling, talking about him how he was perceived and understood by Rupa Goswami. That's what it's about. 
It's all about what Rupa Goswami felt and experienced about and understood Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be. That's what the book's about. Hmm? There could be other angles, but that's not the angle of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Right? So you could find a lot of different books in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you know, after the, the core texts. Advaita Bamsa has several books about Advaita, and he's this and he's that, and he, so many things are said about him and so forth. And um, they may they may they may conform with Chaitanya Charitamrita that Goswami's writings, or they may not, in some instances. Hmm? Um, so there's there is a a shift towards Madhurya Rasa and bringing the whole Sampradaya in this kind of focus. That in some instances it would seem was uh, um, overdone and unnecessary hmm? and obscured, um, um, let's say, for example, the Sakiras lineage, lineages and so forth. Hmm? Um, so here's Nityananda Prabhu, right? The very personification of Sakirasa. And now the lineage is all about Madhurya Rasa. Uh-oh. So, one could argue, I'm not saying this is the case, but one could argue, therefore we need to write a book to bring Nityananda Prabhu into Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Now, there are such things called preaching strategies. We've invoked the term different times. Hmm? So, it may not be as bad as it sounds, and it may not be that way at all. I'm just saying this is obviously some thoughts that come to mind. Hmm? When we look at Ananga Manjari Samputika, hmm? which um, I was having a conversation about it recently with my friend Jagaranand. He said, well, he's in the line, Ram, Ramchandra Goswami wrote the book, he's in the line of, of, of Rupa Goswami, I mean of, of, of Bhakti Vinod. And Bhakti Vinod accepted him, so I think, you know, that's good enough, just leave it at that. If Bhakti Vinod accepted him, then the book must be bona fide. I said, well... I accept Prabhupada, but I don't accept everything that he said was necessarily Gaudiya Siddhanta. He said, well, yeah, you're right about that. Me too. And Bhakti Vinod and other people as well. So they may write different things at different times or take liberties with the Siddhanta and so forth. And teach us. Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Dvanta Harine. That's what they teach us. Hmm? Right? So if some instance, for some reason, whatever of their own, they're speaking differently, we can we should be thoughtful enough and respectful enough to point that out. Hmm. So, not become fanatical and say, well, I don't care what Rupa Goswami says. So-and-so, my guru said this. That's not a good policy, right? Hmm. So, um, so uh, in the book Ananga Manjari Samputika, we find this, this is where this idea comes from. Balaram has a shakti called Ananga Manjari. And uh, I recently looked through the book at some length and I pulled out, I think, 13 or 14 different points that it makes. It asserts, it makes these assertions with no scriptural reference or reference to books that nobody's ever heard of. Hmm? Can't identify. Hmm? And among these assertions, a number of them contradict one another, and a number of them contradict the position on Balaram and Nityananda Prabhu that we find in the 
Goswami's writings, like Balaram is Radha, like Nityanandapu is 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 Balaram and Ananga Manjari combined, and he's also Radha. That doesn't sound good, right? That doesn't sound like a Goswami tenet, right? Hmm? So that's just an, an extreme one. There are others as well, and I tried very hard to look at the statements and find ways to make them work and bring them in concert with the Goswami's teaching. To and it's it, one thing led to another problem, to another problem. So theologically, in terms of what the Goswamis have written and given us about Balaram, about Nityananda Prabhu, and Krishna Das Kaviraj, it's it's uh, it's um, it's theologically um, problematic. Hmm? Um, what seems um, to have been accepted, Nityananda Prabhu, you have to understand his lineage was was probably the most extensive. So very very wide circulation, like nothing's no no Godi institution is probably bigger than Iskong. You know, Nityananda Prabhu was a vaish there, so very wide circulation. Um, so these ideas uh, have been widely circulated and, and with, without access to the text or thinking about it, so forth. What seems to have been more or less become common thought and acceptance is, is that Balaram has the Shakti and and um, she's an Angamanjari. Then some people go a little farther and say, she's an Angamanjari and through an Angamanjari, Balaram experiences Madhuri Rasa with Krishna, which is problematic because even if he has a tattva, a shakti tattva, called an Angamanjari, then as Lagu Bhagavatamrita explains, citing the Tantra, they they may, they are one, but they are different in their will. They have different individual wills. So obviously, it's a problem if you say Nityananda Prabhu has a shakti named Nangamanjari. She's having a romantic relationship with Krishna, and, be, and through that, Balaram is having that. That means that Balaram is experiencing everything that Nangamanjari is experiencing, which would mean that Krishna is experiencing everything that Radha is experiencing, which means there's no need for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because he didn't have the experience of Radha, there was a need for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his need to become Radha. So you can see this is theologically uh, uh, problematic. And that's just the beginning, the, kind of the tip of it. It, it, it is it's quite a bit. So, the, whatever, we, we, have, we, we, we give our respect to Ramchandra Goswami and to what would seem to be, we would say, the best of intentions. Who can sort out exactly if he actually if he actually wrote it? Yes, it's true. Bhaktivinoda Thakur comes in that lineage, which is the only lineage in which Ananga Manjari becomes prominent. Hmm. And 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 Bhaktivinoda Thakur was aware of the book. Some say he 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 wrote his own, made a handwritten copy of it himself. Hmm. As if to say, that's how seriously he took it. But I'll tell you how seriously he took it. He never posited those tenets found in that book. And his successor, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthadaki, was on a very strong campaign that my Gurmash continued uh, against the idea that Nityananda is Radha, Balaram is Radha. Hmm? This is a very, like, Nitai Gaur Radhe Sham, that was. Uh, 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 
Hare Krishna Balaram or whatever that <laughs> is. Uh, in that group, that idea is there. And Bhaktisiddhanta was on a very strong uh, campaign against that idea. Hmm? So we are his followers, and we have good reason to uh, uh, hold that, that that's not accurate. We don't have reason necessarily to, to certainly to offend anybody. Hmm? And to each their own, we just, as, as the facts are objectively presented, we let people make their own decisions, but it's good to uh, often to, uh, for some reason I seem to have been called out to bring this out. Hmm? Something I didn't realize until I looked into it further myself, and what was it? I thought, what was the source of all this? Because I was writing about this, this point. Hmm? And I came to the point, well, Ananga Manjari, and I did fine with that, of course, but then I thought, Anyway, where does it come from that she's the Shakti? And then I realized Driva Goswami has never even mentioned in Nangamajari. Sanatana Goswami never even mentioned her. Um, Gopal Bhatta, Raghunath Das did, as I mentioned. Rupa Goswami did briefly. But So, the point, anyway, for us is we're a very strong ground in trying to please Krishna today by glorifying Balaram and emphasizing the picture of Balaram that's given to us by the dear most uh, handmaidens of Radha, like Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Um, Rupa Goswami Prabhupada ki jai, Krishna Skaviraj, Kasturi Manjari ki jai, hmm? Krishna Balaram ji ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande. Any question? It's a little late, how was the time? Well, it was a little technical, but it was a good, 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 good points to consider. So we have Arctic now. All right, we have Arctic and a little, little prasadam. Krishna Balaram ki jai, Balaram Baladev Punim Mahamotsapatiti ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande.